If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Today, we will be talking about times where we messed up big time at Nintendo. We done goofed uh, over and over again. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's nerfed, as they say. <laughs> it's good to be honest about you know the good and the bad. We're going to be is. delving into the bad uh, today. <laughs> the thing that's exciting for me, though, is I don't know what story you're going to tell. You don't know what story I'm going to tell. Right. So maybe I'm going to learn some new... Thing about you that I can just lord over you for the rest of your life. You probably will. I don't think that you really understand my inner workings, mm. my inner thoughts and feelings okay. when this is happening. Because um, I was trying to be a tough girl when this was going down, but um, I'm ready to expose expose it all. Are you ready to ex- to lay yourself on the line here? I am, and this is a story that I I don't think I don't know if you know in full detail. I certainly wasn't like broadcasting it out to people. It happened pretty early on when I was still like figuring things out and oh. learning. So it was something that I, I eventually moved beyond, but it was quite embarrassing and, and something I, I definitely could have been fired for <gasps> in the moment. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there, we have a lot of options here. So <laughs> there's, there's many times we were terrible employees. <laughs> no, we were generally ninety five percent good, five percent not great. You know, you've been there for so long. We worked at... It's bound to happen. I worked there for th- almost 14 years. Yeah. You got to make a mistake every... Those you know, are the numbers. Four-ish yeah. years or so. <laughs> um, as always, everything that we do here is made possible by our wonderful, beautiful Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for continuing to support us. Please join us today on patreon.com slash Kit and Krista to continue hearing some of our inside Nintendo stories because we still have so much to share with you guys. We are gearing up for one of our very special uh, monthly perks for our 1UP Club and Superstars subscribers, which is our monthly meetup. My favorite time of the month, Where we get together and hang out and play Mm -hmm. a game and just catch up with everybody. Uh, we have not yet decided what the big game is going to be this I month, know. but it's always a great time. People come out and just hang out, and we hear what everybody's been up to, and uh, play a game. Last month, it was everybody 1-2 Switch that kept it Ugh. interesting. That was, uh, that, was a real, uh, that was a real doozy of a 1-Up of a Club yeah, meetup. Yeah. I think that the horribleness of that game made it really fun when you have a big group of people that you just like spending time with, though. I agree. So maybe that is the saving, like thing for everybody one two switch maybe i'm not sure but it was really fun regardless and um yeah we enjoy hanging out with our wonderful subscribers not only once a month in our one-up club and superstar meetups but also all the time on our member exclusive discord they get tons of bonus q a we answered a real juicy question last week in the bonus Q&A, something that I never thought I would be sharing <laughs> with you told, someone. You told someone that you did not like them that way. No. Oh. That was the, that was yeah, the question. Yeah. It was yeah. about, like, rejection and, and all this stuff. And I, I just didn't, like, ever anticipate that would be opening up to our community in now that way. Have. Now they know everything. And the, the, the conversation that preceded, like, that happened after the bonus Q&A went out was incredible. 
like I just I love all you guys. You guys are so great. And reading all of your stories just touched my heart. I loved it. Good stuff happening. You are back from something you did this weekend that I, did, I forgot was even happening in the area, yes. which is a, an event called California Extreme. Yeah. Tell, tell the good people what that is. Yeah, California Extreme is, is a uh, pinball and arcade machine event that happens um, right here in the Bay Area. I went to this uh, last year as well, so this is my second year attending California Extreme. Um, it's a really interesting and fun event. I, I would not consider myself like any kind of in like expert or even like a super enthusiast in arcade machines or, or pinball machines but um obviously you know we grew up in the era of of like nickel city and going to the arcade and playing arcade games we've done many videos of us visiting arcades to recapture that nostalgia and this sort of is an event that like is built on that um i think they say that they have the largest collection of pinball machines and arcades displayed like in, in the country or something oh, like really? that at this event. And it's really cool because all the arcade machines belong to actual people. So you see the little label that says like, you know, who, their names, like so-and-so owns this machine. They've donated it to this event to, um, you know, display it there. But it's like private people's private collections. I have shamefully never been to this event, and I wanted to ask you, like, what what would you say is the main purpose? Like, are people there to like strike a deal? Like, I'm going to buy this off of somebody. No. Are there things for sale, or is it just like let's experience the incredible awesomeness yeah. of these machines? It's absolutely mo mostly about the experience, and not so much about like buying things. And so you you pay a sort of a flat fee to get in, um, and you can play all of the arcade games for free. Like, they basically unlock all of them free for you. So you can sample a whole bunch of arcade games, maybe cabinets that you've never tried before because you don't want to spend your quarters back in the day. Um, so they have a lot of like really brand, they have a lot of very popular ones obviously, but also like some deep cuts. Um, and they have some really old arcades. That you too, could play? That you could play. Some of them worked hmm. very marginally. I would be a little bit worried if I was the owner of these very old machines just letting anybody come up and yeah, slap away. Yeah, but some of them are just like really like super deep cuts like machines from, you know, like the you know, what like the 60s maybe a 70s pinball? Pinball from the 40s, pinball. 40s. Had, yeah, I saw one that was said 1942. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it wasn't even called pinball, it was called like something else. Yeah. It was crazy. Like oh, some wow. of the very like Almost like a museum, you know, of machines. Yeah. Um, there are some other like retro things that you can do. So they have something similar to PAX where they have like the all of this uh, the CRT TV setup and old consoles, okay. and so you can yeah. go and rent a rent a game. You know what I really love though? When I was over there, I was walking through the little like, you know, like the 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 uh, retro gaming room. I saw like little kids playing games that we played as little kids, like having the best time. So you know that these games have held up. Right. You know, like this this little girl was like playing Mega Man and I can see her just light up huh. as she's like playing this game. And I'm like, dang, this is when you know this game is so good right. that it just like holds, no matter what, like in this age of TikTok and at short attention spans, like this game still holds up. So that was fun to see. Um, and they have some stuff for sale. There is like retro games and stuff like that for sale. I saw my our great good friend Chris Kohler yeah. running a, a booth there, and he had a lot of really cool retro games for so sale. So there's no like companies 
that because that would be perfect for his company, uh, Digital Eclipse. I know who has a game coming out. Yeah, there wasn't that a lot of that. It was very like grassroots. Okay. Yeah, the, the the arcade community is definitely a different breed. I have known a lot of people over the years who are into yeah. this and who collect machines. Right, right. And it's a lot of like, hey, I need to take out another storage locker because I've got too many, mm -hmm. or yeah. I need a guy who's got you know a, a, a giant truck so I can lug this thing around, it's or so I'm meeting a bulky. guy in the back of the yeah. Taco Bell for a CRT monitor. How do you move it? I don't want to be a part of this yeah. community, but I'm fascinated by it. It is, and that is the people that are there. They're always Truly. like, why am I doing this? I, I, but they obviously love it so much that they do. Yes, exactly. And you can tell that there's like love and care put into maintaining these machines from these private collectors. And also trust that they can, you know, lend it out for yeah. all these people to touch. My gosh. Um, but yeah, it's a really fun event. I had considered like maybe we can do a video there, but it's so hard to film at that event. It would have been. What do you mean by impossible. that? I you said that to me this week, and I don't know exactly what you mean. It's like the worst lighting possible. It's super oh, the lighting. The super noisy, super crowded. It just would be. I think it'd be all really right. tough. To, all right. To do. Well, it. you didn't even tell me you were going, so. I did tell Fat you. Fat chance of that ever happening. I told you. you <laughs> After it happened. Hey, I went. It was great. You I already not left. Don't, don't come meet me. You're not interested at all. You're busy. I didn't know. <laughs> I literally didn't know this was happening. I asked you weeks ago and you were uninterested. We have <laughs> some great videos up on our channel. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to post an emergency video as soon as the news about Charles Martinet broke. So if you're yes. wondering where the news about that is in this podcast, check that video because we already did we it. We did it. We did it. We did a special Charles video. So please watch yes, it. Yes. The, the takeaway from that is read between the lines. Right. Right. The, we have another great video that is out now, which our, our Patreon subscribers got early access to, but it's out now on our channel. Digging into the wacky, strange, uh, frightening world of eShop shovelware. Oh, man. Wow. Did we uncover some, some uh, real turds there? Uh, yeah. That was interesting. Um, it was an interesting exercise understanding what is happening to the poor eShop. Um, as many gems that there are, it's like exponentially the amount of not great games that are up there. So yeah, we kind of look into that. There were some surprises along the way, I will say. One was good. One was a, a, a pleasant surprise. Maybe not, maybe not actually shovelware. Well. In hindsight. It I certainly mean, had sure. some shovelware tendencies, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we were at Nintendo, we knew that they were becoming more lenient about the games that you could upload. Right. We never knew the exact specifications of the right. policy. We never saw that. But it does make you wonder, like, what is the line for this is okay, Yeah. but something else maybe isn't. And how do you consistently sort of monitor that, I right. think, is the problem. It's just like a fire hose of stuff coming at right, you. Right, right. You know, and there's so many things that just seem... I think the things that bother me are the super, like, shady ones. Right. That just... You know, if you're not savvy in the eShop, like, I, I feel bad for, like, the, the young child who's spending their mm -hmm. allowance pennies on, like, a game on their Switch and don't know better and think that something is something else. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that sucks. That's a bad experience for him or her, you know? That's yeah. really, that's not great, so... I also wonder, we saw this a lot, there are some companies who's like, this is their thing, is making these sorts of games, and yeah. they seem to be getting by, there's a lot of little tricks that you can do along the way about putting things on sale, mm -hmm. deep discount, like 90% off, like speaks to a lot of people. 
Like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is 99 cents and it's 90% off. I need to buy it. You're, you're basically just like taking advantage of like core human tendencies. Human nature. Yeah. Right. Which is cheap, you know? So we'll see. fascinating video. Uh, good for some laughs too. Good for some laughs. So check we it out. We definitely were surprised and dismayed. Yes. We have also kicked off our full playthrough stream of Super Mario RPG. We're off to a great start. Very exciting. Um, we have part two coming uh, soon, probably a matter of days from when this uh, podcast um, is posted. And, and yeah. some people are wondering, yes, we are going to play the whole game. We are playing the whole Be game. Beginning to end. I finally met the famous Mallow. I finally learned to spell his famous name. Frog. Mallow. Frog. You don't know what it I means. I don't know what it means. I'm very confused by this. The weather seems to be changing as Mallow is going through some sort of emotion. I, I'm perplexed a lot. So we'll I did, see. I, I did put that game in the games we're playing, so we'll talk about it more there. Okay, but I'm perplexed. Though. Just 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 quick note at the top that that's happening. And then finally, another video that is out. So Gamescom is underway now. Yes, yes. Um, it's happening. Again, there was so much buildup of people asking, like, is the Switch 2 going to be revealed at Gamescom? Well, we put our thoughts on that in a mm -hmm. separate video. That yes. is up. If it's revealed, we're going to dye our hair pink. We're, we're recording this before, so we haven't seen it happen yet. Yeah. If you see us with pink hair in a couple of days, then you know you'll that we're know wrong. Why. You'll know that we, we have been... We done goofed, as in the, the, the theme of this podcast. <laughs> again and again. I don't again learn. That's the thing. I don't learn. You don't learn. <laughs> I don't learn you my don't lesson. don't learn your lesson at all. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Uh, we're moments away from hearing these uh, horrific, fascinating stories. Um, but first, we've got to shout out our sponsor, Factor. This episode is sponsored by Factor. Thank you, Factor. With the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track. This is where you can never goof, honestly, is with a factor meal. Because if you are super busy and you don't have time and you have specific, you know, eating goals or nutrition goals, this is the, the service that can help you and really help you like make it easy for you. We saw somebody, we were in San Francisco. We, we saw were. somebody walking, carrying a factor meal. Is that this person has a busy life but they want to stay on top of their eating. It was a, well. very interesting because wow. we were at a restaurant and this yes. person was clearly like a waiter um, and was probably going on a very quick break, a right. dinner break before he has to get back to work and had a factory meal ready to go. Was gonna like heat it up and eat, eat it. Two minutes in the microwave yeah, and you that, can that was, factory that meal. That was amazing to see. I was like, hey, look. Yeah. But that was like, that's like my life, you know? I do that, because I, we're really you busy. You lose track of time. Yeah. You get the time back having a quick uh, meal. So exactly. yeah, two minutes um, in the microwave. They are never frozen. And there are more than 34 different uh, meals available every week, so you never get in the dreaded food rut. Uh, the food rut, no one wants that. No. Then, and the meals are really delicious and um, perfected by actual chefs. That's right. That's awesome. So head to factormeals.com slash kitandkrista50 and use code kitandkrista50 to get 50% off. That's code kitandkrista50 at factormeals.com slash kitandkrista50 to get 50% off. All right, we'll put the code link here and the code here and in the description below. All right. 
I'm gonna say you should go first. Me? Because I did the big story about vomiting last week. So I think people have had oh. a whole uh, too much of me. Oh and man. And I think they're ready for some you. Okay. Yeah. Me and my worst, not me and my best though. It's fine, I mean, I'm going right after, so. Okay. Well, I won't tell the sort of like the beginning part of the story because that's gonna be saved for another story time. Oh. But this um, is related to when I was doing a, a really big high profile project with a editor from Bloomberg. Oh. And bringing this person to Japan to interview the then president. Yes. Of Nintendo. Right. So it was pretty like. Mr. Kimishima. Mr. Kimishima. Yes. No longer the president, right. but he was at the time. Prior to Mr. Mr. Furukawa. Furukawa. Yes. That's right. Um, so I'll tell like. There's many parts of that story, and that was a really, like, cool thing that I got to do. And it all started out great, <laughs> but it didn't end so well. Oh. And, um, yeah, it, uh, so just, you know, again, for a light setup, is it's like, this was, like, probably the highest profile, like, media thing that I have had done in my career at Nintendo. So... You know, it was like a lot of scrutiny was on this project. Reggie, all the way up to actually, you know, obviously Mr. Kimishima was also involved. There were other. It wasn't Mr. Koizumi interviewed. Yes. Mr. Takahashi, Mr. I think, was all interviewed. All the So obviously, they're they are curious of like, well, how's this gonna turn out? Yes, exactly. So a lot of very high profile Nintendo executives were interviewed. There was a lot of prep work that led up to this. Um, anytime you want to. You know, anytime you're you're asking for important people's time, it's a really big deal, and they want to make sure that the thing that comes out of it is worth it. Mm -hmm. um, so the mess up happened when the thing came out. Mm. So the the whole the whole other part of it was fine. We did we were in Japan. Everything was great. The, the reporter was awesome. I really enjoyed um, you know being part of that experience and coordinating everything and doing all that stuff. I learned a lot. So the the interview comes out. Print coverage, which again at, at that time is like very rare, but still like very like it's like prestigious to get like print like a cover story. It was the basically. cover of the magazine. It was a, a cover Bloomberg story in Business Week in Bloomberg. Right. Yeah, so this was like a huge deal, um, huge feature, multi-page feature, beautiful cover, cover artwork, mm. artwork done by a Bloomberg journalist, their illustrators, someone on the Bloomberg right. side, did not get sent to us to review mm. or approve, unfortunately. Um, very, and I'll, I'll have photos here, but very like stylized, you know, images of Nintendo characters. Um, we did a photo shoot, so there was beautiful like professional photos of the developers and of, of Mr. Kimishima, but like scattered throughout the entire feature was all of these illustrations of um, of Nintendo IP. Basically. And that, that magazine does have its own style. It does. Which is, yeah. I think that's what they were trying to have a continuation of. Right, uh, right, for this, right. For this story as yeah, well. Yeah, they have their own like brand DNA that they were like wanting to put yeah. into the, the Nintendo characters. Right, right. But Nintendo doesn't like that. They are very, very particular. And we've talked about this a lot with you know, how their characters and the Nintendo IP is represented. Everything needs to go through like a very tight approval chain. I honestly did not know that they were making illustrations at all. Mm. So I didn't know until the, the magazine was printed. Yeah. 
So by that time, it was too late. So we were basically in the、um, sort of the discussion, like why did this happen cycle, right? Of the thing because they saw it like when it came out, right? Right. Yeah, we we basically sent like a report to them saying like here it is, here are all the you know high points like this is. The metrics around like all the great coverage, like you know,、yeah. it was a good, it was a good piece, and their fixation was on this artwork and how it was unapproved and had, it was they hated it pretty much. They really hated it. And at the time, I was like really like shocked by this、mm. because we had just come off this like really insane, you know, months of planning, two weeks in Japan of. Getting this all done, so much like I was sitting in like the editing, like the fact checking part of this for like days on end. Like every like this reporter was just sending me like emails for like like twenty four hours a day. Like is this right? Is this right? Is this right? I was just, it was like really intense, and so it was like a big relief when the story came out. And you know, honestly, I when I came out, I was like, this is a great story. Like I feel really proud the story, of this. Yeah, the article. Came out really well and、yeah. hit a lot of the points that we wanted to hit. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it like sort of like shocked me and also like made me kind of mad, honestly.、Yeah. That the thing that became what the people in Japan were like super fixated on and frankly upset about was this artwork stuff. And so there was like all these emails back and forth and into the night. We were sending emails back and forth, trying to explain the situation. And I wrote an email that I thought was pretty, like a pretty good explanation. And I'm trying to recall exactly like what my points were, but I think it was similar to what you're saying. It's like, oh, you know, they first of all they never share this artwork with us to approve anyway, and they don't have to. And they is, don't is have the to. Editorial, right? This is editorial. This is not like we're paying Bloomberg、right. to like, write no, this there's article. There's no like, oh, the person doing this article gets to approve、yeah. the cover art, or I mean, it's 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 like nice a nice courtesy if they do fold、right. you into that. But especially for like a hard kind of like news business kind of thing like that, it's like they don't they don't have they don't to do have that. Have to do any of that stuff. And the other the other thing I would say is like this is one of those things where the end. Consumer who is reading this article picks up this magazine like they don't have any impression of the artwork at all. It's like oh, it's Mario. It's these Nintendo characters, right? Like, this is、cool. like business people, right? Like so, it, it actually had no impact at all on the、yeah. end consumer's、sure. consumption、yeah. of this piece, where the, it's the words that matter, the actual content. Yeah. So it yeah. is one of those things where you can get so wrapped up in these internal policies and politics and all. Yeah, of that, that's what happened. Where it's like, what, what actually, what actually is the impact of this? Yeah, that's that, that's exactly what happened. So we were,、yeah. I was. But like, when those people are get involved, like there's kind of no way out of that vortex. You're you're you are trapped. You're trapped. You are trapped in like this, and you feel really attacked. Right, really, like right. you, I started to feel really defensive, you know. And so I wrote this email, and you know, I sort of made points like defending why this is a good thing, and we should focus on the positive, positive aspects、mm-hmm. of it. Similar to kind of like the things that you said were like my proof points for why. In 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 a I I thought it was pretty polite. Maybe maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I I will own up to the fact that I was like not feeling great by being just attacked by by these people and their negativity around this article. So, anyways, write this email. I send the email, and then our bo- your boss 
So you were my boss and then your boss. So my boss's boss um, wrote me an email was like, you shouldn't have sent that email. <sighs> she was like, you, I think that they think that you're being flippant was the exact word that she used. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and she, basically it was like, you may have made it worse by trying to defend yourself. Mm. You should just have apologized. Just don't even try to talk them mm. out of, you know, out of the thing that they, they're just so dug into right, now. Right, right. Like just, just apologize, own it, and then maybe we can move on. So then I sent another email apologizing. This and they even responded to the first one. I think they did. Yeah. I think they did. I mean, this again, this was like in the middle of the night. I think this was like midnight at this <laughs> oh, time. Because no. they're in Japan. I was back in the States. Yeah. And it was just like the the whole day was this. I was exhausted. And yeah, and it was like, it was bad. Like I, I felt bad about it. And then like, and then I was like mad. <laughs> I'm still yeah. kind of mad. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that like, sat with me for a long time like hmm do i really want to work for a place that does this kind of stuff i don't know so kind that of misses, was misses the big picture yeah of, exactly yeah. and just you feel like you're just like sort of like out on the ledge by yourself you know right right, right. in those kinds of situations where it's like yeah it's well, hard to, it's hard to get people to have your back when that kind of piling on yeah happens. and it's not her fault you know right. it's like yeah like she just wanted to like diffuse the situation at right. that point i totally agreed like agree with her approach and it mm -hmm. wasn't like she was trying to make me feel bad you know she was yeah, just yeah, like yeah this is my this is what i think I, you should do and then like reggie was involved too like a lot of people yeah, yeah. were involved like a lot of really high Profile people was involved. Now just like, right. so. What eventually happened? What was the takeaway? I think we just, just like time passed and people time, moved on. Yeah, yeah, we just let it go. Like towards the, <laughs> the end, classic Nintendo way. The you sweep it under the rug. But yeah, you basically have to send like the the, the scary apology email. Yeah. Which I've sent multiple scary apology emails before. Just like at this point, I'm like, mm, just have a I have some sort of like email bot just write my emails for me that always starts with. <laughs> I'm sincerely sorry. I sincerely apologize for my error. Like, just have every email start that way because that's what they want, you yeah, know? It's yeah. like, let me just deeply bow to you that I've messed this up. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like, maybe that is a situation where I learned a lot about, like, understanding these cultural differences better, working with all of these, like, super conservative, you know, high-ranking Nintendo Japan executives. Um, I learned a lot about that in, for, for, through that experience. Like, I thought I knew before the, that situation, but I really, I think I learned more <laughs> than I thought that, I knew. That is one of the shocking questions that we would get asked again and again, which is, you know, in Japan, there are a lot of times yeah. where you can review editorial if you're a, yeah, if you're a company yeah. who's involved in that. And like with would, the Nikkei and stuff, they, they yeah. do that. So we would often get asked, you know, when we're working on coverage, like, oh, so when do we get to review this? And we would have to explain, like, no. a couple times a year of, like, yeah. that's not how it works here. It's not. Editorial it, is, right. that's why they call it editorial. So <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why that was not understood and, like, yeah. absorbed over there. It just wasn't the way there. Uh, it wasn't. So that, that certainly, you know, didn't help. The situation no. of having that different cultural perspective on it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was like, 
the most high profile thing to happen to have a have a mistake on. Right, you want right. those kinds of things in your career to go so perfectly because yeah, it's like a huge yeah. thing that you could put on your resume later. Like I did this, um, and it went perfectly, but it unfortunately did not. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you mess up. I don't think you then... CC me on, on those emails, by the way. But what else is you new? You never. Involved. What else is new? You never you were did. You're not involved what in this you, project. Your if boss. You, if you is want involved. somebody to come come to your assistance, I'm here. I'm glad to do it. No. No. No thanks. Sometimes you have to try to do things your own. All right. Well, yourself. that's that's uh, a good warm up <laughs> for, for a story of a real mess up. No. This is a, <laughs> a real mess. It's a good warm up. It's a real mess. I didn't throw up, but <laughs> it was a real mess up. <laughs> I wanted to throw up when this was happening. Oh, so no. this let's go back to 2009, my first year at Nintendo. Oh wow, that's so early So again, this days. is early on. Okay. So uh, I started in January, but this was in I think this was maybe like September ish. Um, I was working on new Super Mario Brothers Wii. Yes. Keep, keep talking about these Mario games. Wow. So this was the big, kind of like we are in the same position with Mario Wonder. Like this was the big holiday game of the year, very high profile. We were doing a lot to promote it. And one of the things that we had in our um, campaign was, and we talked about this, in that era, like you had to have a big launch event. Right, right. So we had kind of a different approach with this time where we were going to do a two-day back-to-back event, day one is for celebrities, uh-huh. and day two is for just regular consumers to now, come in. Now, was this the event with the museum? Yes, but that was uh-huh. the, the museum has nothing to do with this story. Oh. Yeah, nothing to do with it. Oh, my. So, and it was going to be at the Nintendo World Store in New right. York. Mm-hmm. Um, the celebrity event was going to be inside, because who wants, celebrities don't want to be out in the public. No. And uh, the next day, we would be you know, spilling out into Rockefeller Plaza and doing mm-hmm. stuff out there. So this was a big ticket uh, event, very large budget, uh, and a bit complex because we had our celebrity team working with our team, and we had some shared elements that we needed to make sure we were just on the same page on. Right. So <clears throat> in sort of September-ish, Mr. Miyamoto came over to New York to do a big press thing, and um, we were all out there with him for that. And that went that went great. Um, you know, he showed off the game. He was in high spirits. He was doing stuff. So that was great. One of those while I was there, the agency sent through the budget for the launch event. Okay. And I was reviewing that. I remember I was in the hotel room and I was reviewing this, and we were go- and I was going through it and I was like, mm, there's something here that doesn't look right to me, because at the bottom the amount was correct. But it didn't include any of the elements for the celebrity half of the event. Oh. So I... Well, we had two different agencies. We had a celebrity agency and a PR agency. But the person... So the person who was leading this was also here. So can you you meet me in the lobby? And I'd like to just review this with you real fast. And this was like kind of... This was like 8 or 9 o'clock. So it was kind of an annoying request for me for this person who was doing a lot of other things. And I just sat down. I was like, all right, just, just take me through this. And she takes me through it, and I say, okay, now what about the celebrity part of the event, which needs to be, because we have one amount that's meant to cover two events. And she says, what do you mean? (gasps) And that's when I knew we had a problem. (laughs) So basically what had happened was there was a misunderstanding that the budget amount that we had was, like, per agency. So we'd we'd effectively doubled the cost of this already very expensive oh event. Oh my God. Not good. Uh, so that was a problem. 
And that was my fault because, you know, I was sort of the, the project lead. It was my job to make sure everybody understands, like, how this works, how this gets divvied up. It's a little confusing, um, but yeah. it, it is a little confusing, a little unusual we for how we would do things. We had a different agencies, too, which right, is also confusing. Right, right. But ultimately, that was my yeah. responsibility. You, you do have to do all the budget stuff. Yes, that this, was my responsibility to make sure that people were clear on yeah. that and were tracking to be on budget. I'm always terrified of doing the budget, too. In this so. case, the, they were on budget, but they misunderstood what the budget was. Oh, gosh. So, um, Canceled the tiny hand. So it was it was terrible because it's like I need to do something about this, but now is not the time because we're in New York with Mr. Miyamoto. I cannot be running around with a like a chicken with a head cut off trying yeah. to trying to fix this huge problem. So I had to wait until we got back to really like dig into yeah. this. Um and I had to tell my boss because I was like, we got a problem. I need some help, honestly. Because right. I, I don't know what and to do. And you also just started too. Right. I was still like under a year in, still like figuring things out. So I was like, oh, this is bad. But I, I knew it was going to be bad. I was like, I, I was like, there's a good chance I could be fired for this because this is a lot of money, a big just like oversight whiff, and it's like that's what that job is. So um. I went. <laughs> I went to go talk to him. And he's, he's in high school. He's like, oh, we just got back from New York. He was there, too. He's like, oh, yeah, Mr. Miyamoto was great. This okay. was great. Everything's looking great. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that was great. But I want to talk to you about this event. He's like, okay, what is it? We turn our focus to that. It's like, well, there's a problem with the budget. And he's like, okay, like, yeah, we may have gone over. Oh, okay, sure. Like, yeah, probably can't, how much can it be? And I, like double. <laughs> and I told him, I told him the situation. And he had a, he had a nonverbal reaction. Like, which a, was, like a gas? No, he very, he, he kind of like gnashed his teeth like, <laughs> he did something like, he like, grim oh, no! he, like, he like grimaced and gnashed his you teeth. You might kill him. But then he kind of like, he, he, then he kind of went back to like more calm mode. Okay. And he was like, okay, well, we need to fix this. Uh, and, and at least he wasn't like right. He he did not like freak out. He did not like stand up. This and, is a person that's prone to freak out. So I'm and really did not surprised. you know kick me out of the office and start ranting and raving. So there was a thing that you could do. Which was, in a campaign, there was kind of, you know, each department got their own budgets yeah. that they get to work with. But there was a thing you could do, which was you could kind of freely trade funds in between yes, yeah. It's teams. one budget for that launch, but you could, you could steal right. from another. So if there was somebody who magically had that much money that I needed... We could request it and get it sent to us and have enough to cover. Yeah, and we've done that in the past. It's, I mean, it's for it's, other events. It's way too much that we should have spent for this event, but as at least you as can opposed, cover it. As opposed to accidentally doubling the cost and having to like explain to Reggie, like, "Oops, that oh. uh, I'll take that route." So because yeah. the, the 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 thing was always like, "Spend the money. We are giving you this money to yeah, spend it. Exactly. Don't, don't try and be you, like." Don't spend it. You might not get the same amount later. Right. Don't try and be Mr. Like frugal Mr. Frugal. It. Yeah. Like, oh, I saved the company all this money. He's like, no, 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 no you no, have no, this no. money. Yeah. If you ask for it, you should spend it. Right. So I went with like, you know, hat in hand to all the different department yeah. heads and I had to explain. You cobble it together, I right? had to explain what happened, how I was a dummy who messed this up. And they were all like, oh, that sucks, but sorry, we don't have it. And then it, until I got to the last one who notoriously did this a lot and they were like, oh, we absolutely have that money. You can have it. I know they exactly the department. I know. <laughs> Why do they always do that? Because they they actually do have a lot of variable costs. Okay. Because they don't know they work with a lot of vendors. Well, they. I feel yeah. like they they could like some something they they have a big contingency. We could also put in a contingency to the budget, which I always put in. The, a, contingency would not have covered this. I know, but this was now, a lot of money. There has been times where you're over budget, and that contingency will save you. Yes. 
But it, you right. can't ask for that much. You can but only ask for like a little this, bit. This was way, 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 way. You were 50% like over. Multiple the, times. Oh, no, you were 100% I was, over. I was a lot over that. And we had doubled, basically doubled the cost of this event. Oh, so they did, did have a happy ending that re resolved itself. After we got that money, nobody asked a question about it. Nobody, like, nobody took a close look of like, why is this so expensive? Oh my god! It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Once Game went know. on to sell 30 million copies. Recoup so, that cost right there. But that could have been real bad. That could have been the end of my time at Nintendo before it even started. Oh my god! Um, after, stressful. After that, I was much more careful with that stuff. <laughs> Budgets are hard. Sometimes you gotta learn the hard way. Budgets are really hard, right. and yeah. it can be confusing. There's so many agencies that you're managing, so many different things and that so, you're you're trying to figure out. And, yeah. And, and something I learned is like when you're in that position, like sometimes you do have to ask the dumb questions because like so, yes. just to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, exactly. Like, do we know? We have one budget for the two of us. Like right. that that would have been yeah. the dumb question yeah. to ask mm -hmm. that would have prevented this whole thing from happening. The other thing that you've learned very quickly in that job is that you're so much more than a PR or yeah. a communications professional. You are an event coordinator, project manager. You know, exactly. you're doing so much out of the scope of your core skills mm -hmm. sometimes that it is such a learning process, especially for you early days. Who knew you were going to be in charge of project managing an entire, you know, multifaceted launch event? Like, I certainly didn't know that when I was yeah. doing this job, that I would have to, like, <laughs> somehow, like, go to rehearsals for flash mobs right. and send a trailer across the United States and do all sorts of crazy <laughs> Splatoon mess fest. I mean, like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, that's not in the job description. Like, that's not your core skill. But you're doing it. Yeah. So have to learn from it so it's good to have a moment of vulnerability get those out there uh <laughs> if you enjoyed these stories there's certainly more where that came from there's so many you guys do a part two part three part four by five as you said every couple of years you got to do one of these Pobody's you just got to get it out of your system i will say it again mess up nobody's nerfing <laughs> get the hat <laughs> that's what happens wow uh, all right, feeling great, getting that out of my system. <laughs> Let's move on to our Never A Minute segment, the Kiss, Mary Kill Console Wars with a Z edition. Yes. It's been a while since we did one of these, so we have three options. Mm -hmm. We have to pick one to kiss, one to marry. Oh, gosh. One to kill, sadly. That first one is so hard. Uh, I have these starting with this current generation. We're going to yeah. start from the bottom and go up. So we are starting, our first three options are PlayStation 1, oh my Nintendo 64, and the Sega Saturn. Okay. This was before we had a proper, like, three, like, solid three companies per generation. This is, this is kind of this is a early days early of this. Early days, yeah. Okay, so for that first set, I would marry the PS1. Kiss the N64 and kill Saturn. I'm also going to kill the Saturn. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to flip. You know, the N64, in hindsight, really did not compete well with the PlayStation 1 and got right. kind of stomped in terms of like how many games and the yeah. quality of the game. And like, in my life, I chose that pairing. I, I chose to have a PS1 and not an N64. Oh, right, right, right. In my real life. Uh, I was a little bit late to that realization, though. So okay. I got a PS1 kind of late, maybe like halfway through the life cycle. Mm -hmm. So I really did like live or die with the Nintendo 64. So okay. I, I have maybe a, 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 a closer, I do I do need to, to marry it. And I, and I 
I maybe have a different perspective on it going through those really hard times with it and, and really like going deep into those games. Because like you just had to like... Super deep. Yeah, you played Mario 64 for like... Forever. For like eight months, basically. Before... You, there was no other games for before it. Before literally another game came out. Right. Right. It's not like every week, like like we are now, like, oh yeah. my God, I need like to finish another triple this 100-hour RPG. It's yeah. like, no, you have a solid you nine months. You have one game for like a, to, one year. To play a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then I will then kiss the PS1. Okay. Moving on. Now, this is the one where we have four options. Okay, so, so one have... one just gets what do you want to call that? Friend zoned. Oh, friend zone. <laughs> one gets friend zone. Okay, friend zone. That's good. So we I have like that. The PlayStation Two. Uh huh. The GameCube. The Xbox mm. and the Dreamcast. Okay. Wow. All this right. is a tricky one. This is a tricky quite one. a generation. This is really here. tricky. Yeah, so many things came out in this generation. Um, Dreamcast, I'm gonna kill. Oh, sorry. Um. I definitely, I think I have to marry the GameCube because that was when I reignited my passion for Nintendo games, like in that era of the GameCube. That era was not great either, honestly, but I have a <laughs> special A lot of people do. Really special it's interesting relationship how... with the GameCube era and the, and the GameCube era of games. Right, if you ask a lot of people to rank their favorite Nintendo generation, I think GameCube would be really high. It was formative yet it, years yet for it was me. kind of a sales dud. Sales dud, formative years for me sure. though. Like it just really, I think if I didn't have those years with the GameCube, I never would have even like yeah. gone out, yeah, yeah, yeah. gone on to this career of like working in video games. So yeah, gonna marry the GameCube. Um, I'll kiss the PS2, that was a great system. Like. Obviously, one of the best ever. And our friends on the Xbox. I never owned an original Xbox, I have to say. And you didn't own a Dreamcast. I didn't. So you're kind of flipping a coin there. I am. I, I mean, I played it at my friends' houses. Okay. And I had like sort of access to it, but I never really All right. have any sort of attachment. Okay. So this this was the generation starting from here where I did own everything. Right. And since then, I have owned all everything. of the all of these. Systems. You own a Dreamcast? Oh yeah. I got that was that was the first and only Sega system that I got. Oh, okay. While it was active, I've gotten a few after the fact. Um, Dreamcast is amazing. It was really, you know, cut down before it could reach its full potential. Yeah, sadly, but unfortunately, some amazing games on the Dreamcast. I'm going to marry the PS2. Oh wow! PS2 is just like a god level console. It's like so the, great. the the amount of incredible games on the PS2 is. Mind, it's un it's mind blowing. It's like switch level amount of. Games. It, it really is. It truly, yeah, feels it, it like really that. Is. And like, and like where a lot of franchises started that we're still playing today got started on the PS2. I know. Absolutely Aww. incredible. I will kiss. I will kiss the GameCube. Okay. I'll kiss the GameCube. That's nice. I. I would probably like like we we're saying if people had to tear it out. I would probably put it a little bit lower than some people. I think so. You don't seem to I'd, have I'd that like relationship it. with games. I like it, but I don't. Do. I like it, but I don't love it Why like a lot of people that? do. I don't know. That's so interesting. And ooh, this is tough because I did. I did. I like all of these systems. I'm going to kill the Xbox. Okay. And I'm going to friend zone the, the, the Dreamcast. Cast. Okay. I'm gonna kill the Xbox because you know that's that's kind of what Microsoft did when they were ready to move on. Like they had the quickest whistle for that. I was like, no, nope, oh, they just pulled the plug, right? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like what happened with the Wii U. We're like, yeah, we're we're, we're done we're with done this. With we're this. moving on. We're totally but I mean, Xbox on. is great too. So this is this one's tough. Yeah, I have no like animosity in my heart for any of these. Wow, like I do for some others coming up. 
next, PS3. Uh -huh. Sony's keeping it easy for us. Sony's PS1, PS2, wait. PS3. Yeah, good. We have the Wii, and we have the Xbox 360. Oh, man. All have their differences. Um, the Xbox 360 came out a year earlier. Yeah. What do you say? You're looking blankly at this screen. I'm having a hard time with I'll this. go. Oh. I'm going to marry the Xbox 360. I think I'm going to marry an, an extravagant mountaintop oh, wow. um, ceremony. Xbox 360 and I are going on a destination wedding to Hawaii. Yeah. If I, so so take, taking all consoles, not just Nintendo consoles, like where I would have Xbox 360 is really high. It's really high. Well, this is my may first surprise some people. Xbox, yeah. obviously, because yeah. I, just, I just said that I didn't have an original Xbox, and it blew my mind. Well, this like, is the one Xbox where they got it all pretty much right. I could not believe that this thing existed. I was like, this this is how we can play video games now? Oh my god. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh there's this really good, like, online service now. Yeah! The first, this is the first one that had HD graphics. I was, literally, my little brain could oh not handle gosh. the... Just the it's not six hundred dollars like a PlayStation Three. I know. 3. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. It, it, I mean, God, it was crazy. And then, like, yeah, the online was like magic. With the it really trophies it was. And oh, the, the achievements, achievements. Achievements. Yes. Not the trophies. The Chivos. Achievements. Chivos. Yeah. Like that. That changed the way I played. So you're marrying that video too. games. I definitely will. Right. We might have the same takes on this one. Okay, I'm kissing Wii though. I am too. And I'm killing PS3. I think that's the way I didn't even own it because it was too expensive. I didn't have You didn't have a I PS3. I didn't have the money all. for it. Okay. That's fair. I could not afford the $600 console yeah. while I was in college. The first Sorry. the first half of the PS3 was very shaky and they did get back on track, but it was I mean you basically were like looking at the exclusives because Everything was on Xbox 360. You already yeah. had and loved an Xbox right. 360. People playing games online, getting, exactly. a, getting achievements on you Xbox 360. You cannot let the Chivos go. Right. <laughs> um, the Wii, I obviously have a huge soft spot for, yeah. but if I had to like subsist off a single console, exactly. I'm I, not, would, I can't be bowling all the time. The Wii, the Wii might be a hard yeah. way I to love, do it. I mean, I did some crazy things to get my Wii, and I was like all, I was part of that fervor of Wii. But, yeah, if you were asking me to take someone to Desert Island, I would take the 360. Totally. Yeah. Next. Okay, next. PS4. Ah. Wii U. Mm. And the Xbox One, a.k.a. X-Bone. Oh, X-Bone. Yeah. Okay, this one is... Can we kill multiple? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just kidding! Wow. Um, kill them all. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. No, I actually didn't mind the really? PS4. PS4 is pretty good. PS4 I, is I, pretty I, good. I got back on track with my PS yeah. during the PS4 era. Because yeah. I, I skipped PS3. I love PS2. PS3 disappointed me to no end. PS4, I was like, I'm in. Got mine at Costco. Was so excited. Oh, I'm gonna, Costco. I'm going to marry the PS4. I got a good deal on that PS4. Um, I'm going to marry the PS4. Xbox One had. Some did you have that? I don't. I didn't have. I that. I don't think you had that. But I had some problems, didn't it? I had some like major issues. You can wait for me to speak on that one. Oh gosh, I can't kill Wii U as much as I want to, because I just I'm too emotionally tied to it. It's like a toxic relationship that I I keep going. The back Wii U to. like tripped over a rock and did itself in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you're in a bad marriage, yeah. and then they just like die on their own. So. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> All right. Just wait so what, a is, so what is your rating for Wii U? My Wii U rating kiss? is Kiss. Kiss. And then I'll kill the X, Xbox One because I, I heard it was bad and I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, I have the same rating. The Xbox One was... <laughs> I. You went through how many of I, them? No, no, no. That's the 360 that oh, had 360. the red ring. I rage quit on the Xbox One. Oh. I, that is the... Like I said, I've owned all of these. That is the one that I got rid of halfway through the generation. I got it for Titanfall. Such a good game. Incredible, incredible game. Incredible game. And then I just waited. And there were no big, good exclusives. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I had a PS4, which was killing it at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I don't have a future with this system. I yeah. wanted the crack Crackdown was the game, the other series I loved. And I just kept waiting. It kept getting delayed and delayed yeah. and delayed. And in the end, that game wasn't even that good. Ugh. So I sold it. I canceled my Xbox Live account. Now you still have problems with it that. It was so hard to do because it was attached to an email address that I didn't use anymore at the time. It was like an old AOL because I had I had original Xbox, which is where I got Xbox Live for the first time. And they're like, sir, we need, we need access to this email account. I was like, I don't have it. Can you just do this for me? Oh my God. So in the end, I found a way. All those achievements gone, all those friends gone, the whole thing's gone. Yeah, your Xbox thing is really weird now. I just like nuked my whole Xbox. You have like a, a shadow, thing. like yeah. I have one friend, you. Yeah, you um, have like a shadow, um, like screen name that doesn't exist anymore. That's oh yeah, that's another thing. That was yeah. another, it was like something weird is going right, on. You right. had like multiple so, accounts, or I don't know. That was, was a lot really worse. Bad. So I had a traumatic end to my Xbox relationship yeah. there. You did. You truly did. I will also marry the PS4 and kiss the Wii U. I mean, I love the Wii U games. It's just the hardware. I can't. I you just can't. cannot get on board with this. Yeah. Again, toxic relationship. PS4. Really? I think maybe it, it, we're only a few years away. I might say underrated. It's pretty awesome. It pretty quickly became, or maybe just because PS5 is doing so well. Yeah. But PS4 was legit. Very legit. Our final round. I can't do this. It's where we are now. Switch, PS5, Xbox Series. All doing, all doing great. All have their own. Things going I on. Have you have to. Them all. You have to. You have to. No. You're gonna cop out. It's too hard. I use them all for different things. Is the thing. Well, Dang start, it. start. Start. Start with uh, Mary. What are you marrying? Switch. Yeah. Same. Gosh darn it. I don't want to, but I have to. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's too sexy. I have to marry it. I've got to kiss the PS5, I think. I'm so sorry, Xbox Series S and X. I, I really do love my Xbox, but... Well, your Xbox is mostly a Game Pass machine, It's my Game right? Pass machine. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not too many exclusives on there. That they're ramping up. They're ramping up. We're getting there. I'm really excited for Starfield. Maybe that will change my mind and I'll, kiss, I'll kill something else. Maybe. In like a month, I'll kill something else, you know? Yeah, that that's why. Because I do use it a lot for all the Game Pass stuff. And I love, like, just, you know, being able to sample games and doing all that stuff. It's great. But if I had to, like, you know, look at the time that I spent on every console. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what how it shakes out. Yeah. Really, I'm Mine are exactly the yeah. same. But it, like you said, it's great that this generation, there's not one that just gathers dust. Like that, that tended to happen in we previous generations. We are in like such a boon day spoiled. for. We're so spoiled. We have so many great games that we get to play. So many that we can't even find the time in the day to play it. All these great systems that work. 
<laughs> don't make you want to rage quit. Yeah. To wow. have games. Wow. We have stuff. We have all these, you know, pretty good variety on all of these. And it's pretty, it's pretty great. Well, that was fun. I'm so sorry. Caused you some stress. I'm a little um, stressed out. Let's move on to our Patreon poll. Speaking of Starfield. Oh, yeah. It was a big week for Starfield last week. Very exciting. The game went gold. The game went up for early access. Preloading. Uh, not early access, preloading. Preloading, yes. Pre and we heard that people in the media have the game. So that's, I mean, Yeah, I think the review embargo lifts. That's about three-ish weeks. So that's good. Yeah. People August need time. August 31st is when we'll see reviews. Okay. That's exciting stuff. Great. We're getting there. So we just wanted to do a check-in with our Patreon subscribers and see how they're feeling about it. So we had five options here. Let's go through how everybody voted. 44%. I'm not interested in Starfield. What? Well, if you don't have an Xbox, it might not be really on your radar. So I think it's fair. Then we had a tie at 19% for choices two uh -huh. and three. Uh oh. 19% said, I will be playing on day one. And 19% said, I'll wait to see how the reviews look before I decide to play or not. Fair. That's fair. That's safe. That's very fair. Oh. Very safe. Yeah. And yes, we, I mean, I think it is hard to kind of understand the scope of this game without these deeper reviews. Right. Yeah. 17% said, I'm interested, but I'll be playing another game when Starfield comes out. Oh, common dilemma. Common we, we have dilemma. Our, we have our Baldur's yeah. Gate dilemma. We do. What are you going to do about that? Have you decided? I might have already found a solution to my problem, honestly. All right. So. Um, I, I still don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. But I don't have to decide now. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's no shortage of, it, of stuff to play. And then 3% said, I've learned my lesson about playing Bethesda games at launch. I'll wait for the inevitable patches. Ah, okay. I thought there would be more people taking this route, actually. Yeah. I have, yeah. A, I have a better feeling about this game, though. I don't, I don't know if it's the fact that Microsoft is involved or they just seem to have a lot of confidence about it now. They do. And they seem to be really on track with everything, which is a good, yeah. it's a good sign, right? So we'll see. Yeah. Let's look at some comments. Wario Tush says, given that Bethesda games are notoriously buggy at launch and the plethora of games are on the horizon like Armored Core, Super Mario Wonder, and Spider-Man, I have zero problems waiting a few months to pick Starfield up. I do hope it's good and that it gives Bethesda the boost they need to get their output and reputation back on track. Good. Cool. Comment, well said. Gartooth says, I don't own an Xbox, so I won't be able to play Starfield, but if I did, it would be day one. Oh, maybe See, this is, maybe you should buy an Xbox. Well, this is what <laughs> Phil Spencer said in the legendary kind of funny interview. He's like, there's no game that will like reverse the fortunes of a platform. Right. No one game. So, yeah, I think, you know, maybe this is the start of something for people who don't have an Xbox starting to think about the platform. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe I should pick this up. Nintendo famously is always on the... The jag, like we always heard this when we were at Nintendo, like software sells hardware. Yeah. But you need like multiple. You, you need, I think, three exactly. that people want was the number that you, would often you get need touted. Multiple to be able to do that. But you're right. It could be like step one to people being on their way. Right. Yeah. And then finally, Silfco said, I'm waiting on reviews to see if it'll be worth subscribing to Game Pass just to play it day one. If it turns out anything less than great, I'll probably skip it completely and get Game Pass later. I'm not even sure it's my kind of game, so I wouldn't be too upset in that case, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think it is interesting that no one kind of definitively knows if it's their kind of game. Because the game is so massive that there's yeah. 
got to be something that appeals to a lot of people, but it's hard to like pinpoint what that might be for you personally. So. Yeah, I'll be very interested when some of these media or people can start like streaming it or I sharing know. their own clips and impressions see. because, yeah, I mean, we got the very, you know, sanitized direct where they had a lot to get through yeah. and we saw a lot, but like what, what is the core experience of this game? Like I said, like this seems like the most ambitious game ever made. Yeah, like if they like, could pull it off, it would be like a feat. Yeah, something like I've been wondering other. a lot is like the first, the first like two hours of this game. Like what, what, are, you, what are you? What are you doing? doing? How what do they character? set up this, this gigantic massive... do anything universe? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. Me too. Speaking of um, busy releases. Armored Core, I believe, comes out this week, so you're going to be dropping everything to play that. I as need you, to check that game you out. You promised you did. I really, you really want to check that this game out. I'm so curious. About Bandai Armored Namco, Core. are you listening? Bandai Namco, please. <laughs> wink, wink. Send me a code. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, that's a very fun poll and a good segue to the games we've been playing. But first, we have another great sponsor to shout out. Oh yeah! Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. There are a lot of times where you are going to be unclear or uncertain about where you're going in life, and there's all sorts of tough choices. This is where it helps to just speak to somebody like a BetterHelp therapist, yeah. help you make the right decision. Exactly. You need someone that's out of your current situation is what I always say. And that's what the value that I find in speaking to my BetterHelp therapist is that someone that is not like muddled in all your perspective. Exactly. You need like an outsider's perspective, professional outsider's perspective to really help you kind of unweave all of the stuff that is complicating you with when you're faced with these kinds of decisions or big life, you know, problems. It really helps to have that kind of perspective. Yeah, whether it's, you know, personal, professional, whatever it may be, that's a perfect match for BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's very easy to get mm -hmm. matched up with a therapist. You fill out a quick uh, questionnaire. Yes. And uh, get matched and go from there. You can meet with them on video, on audio, on text only. You can decide how uh, engaged uh, you want to be, which whatever format you want to be with. So we've all used it. We love it. Yeah. I wish I had a BetterHelp therapist talk me through my big Nintendo goof at the time. Oh, that no. would have been very helpful. Oh, I no. think that would have been very helpful and I probably wouldn't be so traumatized still. So there we go. Or CC me. Uh, <laughs> let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Kit and Krista today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Kit and Krista. We'll put the link right over here and also in the description below. Yeah. It is a very short games we're playing. Yeah, segment we're only playing this week two games. Because we are playing, we are deep, 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 deep into Diablo 4. We really are. We have gone from like just starting our characters and like kind of starting to dabble. And I feel like I'm right now in the fully, I am completely like in on this game. I'm, yeah. I'm starting to be to be that person again where like I'm thinking about the game all the time. I'm like reading a bunch of different guides for the best, like specs for my class you and i are talking a lot about some of the things that are new to this game that are a little bit confusing to both of us and we're trying to like unravel mm -hmm. like what we're actually supposed to be doing to get the most out of it to make sure our characters are nice and healthy so that we can deal with these like end game big bosses because i think that's going to start becoming quite the challenge for us but um it's been so fun we've been playing multiplayer a whole bunch going through all of the different acts you have skipped 
a myriad of cutscenes already, which is good. I for don't you. watch the cutscenes in this game. No offense to the wonderful people the who made the cutscenes. So good. Wrote the story. I'm sure they're incredible, but I'm here to click away. You want on little loot. skeletons and loot. You want loot. You want the stuffs <laughs> is what you're here for. And I get that. Everyone plays the game for different reasons. I like the cutscenes. So let's see. Who? Are, what are we playing as? You are. I am a sorceress. And I'm a barbarian. You're a barbarian. Named Guy Dudebro. Guy Dudebro is your barbarian name from like all of the Diablos yes. we've ever played together all the way back to I Diablo have to, I have 2. To do, I have to do yeah. it now, yes. Um, yeah, we've been playing Diablo together for so long now. It's so nice to like get into this one. But you right. have, you're always, your first character is always the barbarian. My first character is always the sorceress. Um, it's great. It works out good. I need a. You need to spam need the a, frozen orb. I need a meat shield. So that's what you are. <laughs> but yeah, um, I you have been you and I have been both doing this where we have been looking at different guides. Yes. For our skills. Yeah. That skill tree is a little bit complicated, honestly, and there's so many things that feed into the skill tree that is different that we are trying to figure out. Um, Would you say the skills for the sorceress? Like, are they really different, or do they just kind of layer onto each other in a different way? Exactly. That's like the second option. Because the, the actual, like, things that you're doing, like Frost Nova and Frozen Orb and Blizzard, like, that's all core sorceress stuff that mm -hmm. I need to I need to have this in a Diablo yeah. game. Like, do not mess with that. Don't take out the Frozen Orb, okay? I would be mad. Um, but there's, like, all these different ways where the they kind of, they have, like, little augments to the skills that... I'm not sure what to put the points into to get the best effect yeah. out of it. So I'm looking at a guide for that. And then there's also those enchantment things that you unlock. Right. Where you can put a skill in that mm -hmm. and get the passive right. things. And I was like, my mind, I literally stared at the skill tree for like an hour. I was like, huh? Yeah, the game's progression initially seems to be very similar to past games, yeah. but then there's a lot more to it. So I think, I think once you hit level 50, which we have not hit yet, no. there's kind of a whole other board that pops the up. Paragon. Where, yeah, it's like, it's like, so you've made your choices on skills, but now it's just other like boosts to those. Yes. And like, I've seen videos where they go through this and it's quite complex and big. So oh, no. that's something that we'll, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, gonna hit, we're gonna be hitting 50 soon, so we're gonna have to start to look into that and figure yeah. that out. Which is fine, because I think I'm finally got like the build for the foreseeable future set. Yeah, I think so too. Like, you know, people eventually will respec when they hit, you know, really late game, and, yeah. and you know, like enemies get different <laughs> um, defenses and, and weaknesses. You need resistance. Is the thing and resistances. Yeah. So, yeah, like you were saying, you can do these special dungeons that will give you um, these other abilities that you can, or, or like oftentimes they're passive boosts yeah. or boost to skills that you can attach to, to a weapons. piece of gear. Yeah, yeah. And you can you can get them off the gear and, and reattach yeah. them. Yeah, the affinity right. stuff. Right, right. So you can you can look all through the map and see like, oh, well, I want to do this dungeon to get this, and I want to do this to do this because a lot of times they're specific to a class. Yeah. Yes. And this is something the game does a not the best job of explaining no, to you. No, I did not understand what that, it was in like one of the guides I was reading. I was like, what does yeah, that I mean? Yeah, I haven't really seen the game explain it at all, actually. I was confused. So, but I saw like the terminology pop up and I just like started looking into it. Like, well, what is this? Mm -hmm. And it's it's pretty important and useful. And those dungeons that you do are very big. They are big. And hard. Yeah. 
So I that, soloed one last night and got one of the skills that I needed. Yeah, that's a whole other layer to the base game that yeah. we have been doing. It's tough. And then there's this other thing called uh, renown. Is that the, that's what it's called? Yeah, renown. Which yeah. is basically you, you get you get bonuses for exploring the map, getting and waypoints, doing side doing quests. Dens, yeah, right. My renown is low. That's I, another mechanic that they don't explain, and it's kind of hidden in the menus too. Like I was really looking for it last night, and I actually found that I had a bunch of perks that I had yet to claim. Yeah, it says claim these. Perks. So I had like four skill points that were just waiting for me. I know. It's like. Wow, well, I totally forgot how to even get to this menu. I know, same here. Right. I, I basically was like, oh, I had to click that button. Because I was like, gosh, well, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm exploring like crazy and I'm not getting any bonuses. While well, they were waiting for me. I just couldn't find it. I know. The menus are a little buried too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was saying Like when I started this game. was like, I really don't have a clear sense of how this game is different. But I, the more I play it and the more I understand these mm -hmm. different systems and things that are a bit under the hood... I see that and I respect the game a lot more for it because right. it's easy to look at Diablo and it's like, well, you just click and things die. But there's like <laughs> so much else happening that can change that experience. Right, right. I, I do like just like the the super, you know, deep customization you can do now um, that's so beyond like what I've seen in other Diablo games. Like I, I literally had no clue that this was part of the new, like how you build your character until I started playing. And even then, I, I didn't know until like you were telling me and I was looking into it more because you're right, the game does not hold your hand through any of this stuff and they're just like trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to like dig into those things a little bit more now that I know that it, they exist and see how that helps um, our characters. I will say that we're doing pretty good. Like we have not run into. Ah, uh, there any, were a few. There was a, there was a few, but not in like. Uh, oh my gosh, we've all. We can't do this. Died yeah. like multiple times, and we yeah. can't do it. Like right. we've been we've been okay. Yeah, the bosses in this game are that's that's something that's very different. I was gonna say that too. The bosses are quite challenging, and they make you do. They make you think strategically instead of just because a lot of the old Diablo games like we're just gonna stand here and plow away. And yeah, you got one hand holds the, right. You know, or maybe I'll have to heal a, a bit more because it's powerful. Like this one, like they will have attacks that make you like move around the mm -hmm. map. Um, Sometimes they add like other characters. Other in, NPC characters will come in. Whether to help or harm. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're yeah. very lengthy battles that yes. seem to ramp up in difficulty as they go on. Mm -hmm. There's and, also a stun effect that happens that I noticed. That's right. really interesting. Once you hit certain percentages of the life bar, they will drop potions, which yes. you are desperately waiting we for. We are desperately needing potions. Yeah. We learned about the valuable skill of dying in a corner. Yes, we, we <laughs> do that. That's a, that's our strategy is if you are about to die, you have no more potions, go die in a corner because if someone revives, you get your potions back. Right, right. We also learned that you could upgrade your potions. I got more, I got more potions I now. did too. Good. Yeah, so you can upgrade potions, get more oh potions. Boy. Some of these are basic things, but again, the yeah. game tells you nothing. It tells you nothing. Yeah. So you need to get into it. I, I will. I will um, gently push back on on your thing about like how like how focused you can get on customizing your character and having the best character. Like when I watch a lot of these guides, I wonder like what the goal, like what are these people getting at oh. with having the like mega efficient like. Because they're like, I'm racing through to get to the end game. It's like, okay, and then what? Right, right, right. Exactly. It's like, I, I am often left with an empty feeling when I Aww, finish the main Diablo games. Feeling? Because it's like, well, what do I do now? What am I doing? I have this like level 90 whatever character. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's, yes, I can plow. PvP? I can plow through anything. I don't really do that. I don't PvP. I can plow through everything. But it's like, well, what, what now? Yeah. So 
that point of like, I am racing through the game. Yeah, I'm not racing through I don't the really game. love that. I don't love that. I like to, my, my goal for any of these is I want to spec a character that matches with the way I like to play this game. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always spec like the best ice sorceress I can. Like that's just like what I do. With spam the frozen orbs. That's just what I, but if I, if I, if I, you want me to spam the I'm frozen orbs. I'm not mad orbs, at it. No, which, I'm not mad at which it. Which I like to do is I need to have like the mana regen. I need uh -huh. to have like all of these yeah. passive skills. I need the glass cannon. I need like all the stuff where I can spam the frozen orb, yeah. which is what I like to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's my goal when I look at all of these guides and how I approach these characters. But yeah, not for the, not like I want to just be like invincible and just like right. plow through the game. I just like, I want to make a character where it's fun for me to play it. And it's like, yeah, not yeah. annoying for me to play it. Cause when my first spec, I didn't like it. Cause I like would spam the frozen orb and I would be out of mana oh. all the time. And it was really annoying. Mm. So I respect and now it's better. So okay. there you go. The other thing that we realized is different is the map. Previously it was, you like know, every, every act had its own yeah. distinct area and you would go to that area and there would be like a hub city and that was, and then you would venture forth to do your stuff. Now it's like, there's just one map. I kind of like it though. It is so big. Yeah. Like I think we've maybe seen like a third of it. Maybe. Not, and, maybe but maybe. I feel like we've seen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still missing like a ton of it is, it is nice to have a seamless world and there more there are more sort of towns yeah. scattered around that are not necessarily like huge towns, but it's like a like place villages, to take a breather. Little, little, um, yeah, you can top sell off whatever your you potions, need to sell, do yeah, your do, do your stuff before you move on. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really curious of what the rest of the map is, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff on the map. So again, that's where you can just say, like, oh, Diablo is a super shallow game, you're just clicking. But like no, like the way they've made this game, like you can see, like there is like really good game design. It's amazing game design, this. truly. Do you now? Do, now, do you know any like really mega diehard Diablo fans in your life? Do you have any in your life? I really don't. Because I, I, you have I have friends. some, and I know like people have been extremely mad about some of the patches that have been happening lately. I, I have looked at like the po like big mad because there's like the the balancing patches that right. they've done and so I've been looking at specs for char my character that's like post all these patches yeah. because I don't want it to be weird. Yeah, people have been saying the What's bar <laughs> for us, the barbarian and the source have been ruined. I know. I, I think that they've rebalanced the sorcerer. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's like I don't have any frame of reference. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Uh, but yeah. people are like, well, I, while I'm scrolling these videos or talking to these people I know who are like level ninety, they're like, I can't believe this. Those those jerks. They, oh, really? they ruined this for me. Oh really? No, I feel good. <laughs> yes. The nerves. I'm sorry, I feel good. I mean, about I don't know mine. how you balance these games because yeah, it seems hard. like you just kind of take take from one, put it together. Like you can never have perfect. Yeah. Balance. You're exactly. Always, you're always trying to get there right so that's that's really hard um i find i find the patches are fun though because it's it's something new to, to look forward to that maybe they added something that you didn't have before exactly i, I haven't found, found it to be like dramatically yeah. changing my smash cut to my rage video in two weeks when the next patch comes <laughs> like, out <laughs> like, i am done with blizzard and diablo everything i did was for not <laughs> everything doesn't matter anymore my life is ruined. ruined your life my life yeah. as a barbarian is ruined. the other thing that i think we both agree on is like there's a little, it's a little bit too easy to get like the gold drops. Oh yeah. Like I feel like it. it was like this in Diablo three too. Yeah. They just know that that's There's no not. point in picking up the blue. In, in, well, I just, in Diablo I, I just, two, um, there, you would occasionally find a blue that was okay. 
the blue is trash, but I use it for like materials. Like oh, you still pick it up? I pick it up to salvage. Oh, who's got the time for that? Because I need it for all this material. Oh, because you said you were light on materials. I want material. I don't have this problem actually. I can't my affin I can't attach my affinity because I don't have a material. I need this uh. material desperately. Um. Anyways, but yeah, like ninety percent of the stuff I pick up, even if it's gold, I'm like I cannot use this. So now I'm just like I only have to. I can only wear legendary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. But anyways. Small thing. More on that really to come. Like Mario RPG. Yes. So we are still very early in this, but for me it was returning to the game since it first came out. And for you it was seeing it really for the first time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious to hear your thoughts as a first timer. It's been And again, really... we're playing the original Super Nintendo version. Yes. Legend of the Seven Stars right. on Super NES. Um, yeah. So I am a very big fan of the Mario and Luigi games. And so it's kind of interesting to see sort of where the series started and also a little bit surprising because it's like, wow, how did Nintendo decide to take a game in this direction where you're yeah. so focused on like humor and dialogue for characters that basically had like zero personality for since like the birth of their, since their creation, I guess. So to take sort of like a risky approach you know, and, and do something that's so tied to humor. And humor is so hard, too, because what's funny to you may not be funny to somebody totally. else. You know, um, they, they totally pull it off, obviously. And uh, it's, so it's, it's fascinating to see the skit, you know, the series becoming a thing um, with this game. And, yeah, so far, I'm very curious. The story seems to be pretty interesting. There's a lot of, like, random characters that we're meeting, like, random enemies and... Yeah, we. I was just saying we met Mallow for the first time, and there was some. There's something mysterious going on with Mallow. No one will tell me. No one tell me because I don't want to be spoiled. But um, yeah, I, I'm just curious to see like where where it goes because the story just feels like a lot for a Nintendo game. So yeah, I like it so far. Hold up. Yeah, I, I was surprised at how little I remembered. I, I remembered mm. really like the high points of you know what the game is and how it plays and who the characters are, but like some of the specific beats, like I don't remember at all. It's been yeah. a long, it's been a long time. It's been a really long time. But yeah, it's interesting that they have Mario RPG, mm -hmm. Mario and Luigi, Paper Mario. They're yeah. all kind of variations on the same Mario RPG idea. Yeah, yeah. This is the one that I like the best though, mm -hmm. out of all of those for whatever reason. So I I like going back to it. Um, plays great still, um, you, know, you know, really pioneered that sort of active battle system yes. where you're not just pressing a button waiting for something to happen. And yeah, it's like, it's still legitimately funny. And, and this is, this is the blueprint for the personality of a lot of these characters. That's that the thing, have, have it holds come. up, you yeah. know, it really holds up and, uh, quite challenging too. You know, some of those beginning boss battles are already starting to get pretty tough and you really have to have that precision button press and understand how to like work with your other characters to really get through those battles. So I'm glad they're not trying to like, you know, hold your hand through it or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, I, I am starting to think as, as I play through it of like, well, what are they gonna do with this area or this thing in the remake? Yeah. Like how much are they going to just do as it is? And then how much are they gonna do something fresh or different too, or like like lines, like certain lines, like does this, does this line still work in 2023? Oh we're gonna, man, we're update this. someone's gonna get canceled or what? I don't know. I don't know, um, I don't know what else is in this game. So. But 
yeah, I mean, I, it is something where you probably could just do a very simple visual refresh and call yeah. it a day. Yeah, and, and that's, what like, it, that's what it seems like that, that is what it is in the trailer that they released. I think it's more of that than a, than a you know, big, big change. I think so, too. But, yeah, it's been really fun to go to. I'm excited to go back to it. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I still like it. Yeah. Because you never know. I, I can't wait to play this and then, like, Finally see what the fuss is about, and I'm, I'm really liking it so far, and then play the remake. I think it's going to be great to be fully immersed in all of Mario RPG. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to the news. We've got a couple Xbox stories and then a oh, Nintendo yes, story here. Oh, yes, this thing. So the Xbox 360 Marketplace is going to be closing in July 2024, mm-hmm. not this year, so a little under a year from now. You have time. I really had to dig into the specifics of this because I was a little unclear on what exactly was affected. Yes. So my understanding is that this applies specifically to buying games on an Xbox 360. Right. In the FAQ that they have on the, the site, they are they clarify, and this is... I, I would have been a bit more front and center about this. I know. This is like the, the point that will... Ease people's fears. Right. I was much less worried when I saw this. So so all the games that you can currently buy that are Xbox 360 on like an Xbox Series X or S, those will still be there. Right. And those aren't going anywhere. So it's basically, but, but you know, not everything is there. So there's a selection of games that you can buy now on a current system. It's just kind of the full library is that you would need to buy on an Xbox 360. That is what's going to get shut down. Right, right. So that's a lot less dire than the the, the um, Wii U and, and yeah. 3DS eShop. I yeah, think. I mean, I, w- I wish they had a way to have every game be backwards compatible. I understand that's not what they're doing, so that's a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you'll go back? Do you, do, do you still have an Xbox 360, first I of all? I do not. So. I do. Um, I might be out of luck here. That, like, you know, we were just talking about how much we love that platform. I feel pretty good about my Xbox 360 collection. Yeah, I was I buying so too. a lot of games on the Xbox 360, so... I might be okay. I think I'm okay. I'll probably, just you know... Just do a check, a There, will, there will be the inevitable videos, uh, like when the eShop on the 3DS shut down. Yeah. I'm like, here's, here's 10 games to get. We should do, we should do we a few We definitely should do that. <laughs> we should do a few of those. Is Gerard, the completionist, going oh, what's to Gerard gonna buy do? every single We game? saw that he seemed quite over yeah, it when this happened. Yeah, he was like, not again. Um, a lot of hilarious. games. There's a lot more games on a 360 than there was on a Wii U, let me tell you. So, That's the thing, yeah. There's a, a lot more there. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wish the companies would be a bit more transparent about why they have to do this. Because you could say, like, well, in the case of Microsoft, they've got all the money in the world. If it's a money thing, that shouldn't be the problem. What what right. actually is the problem? Resources? And I imagine, something like that? I don't know. I imagine there's something of, like, this, this infrastructure is getting so old. Like, do we need to rebuild the Xbox 360 infrastructure? Obviously, they can see how many people are actually buying stuff. It's probably, like, it must such be, a low It number. must be dwindling. Exactly. There's just some, like, balance... Like, could we put that team that's maintaining this on something right, else? Right, right. But know? I would love to know. And it, but it's one of those things where people are, get defensive about it, and they, they never want to tell you the full reason. Yeah, because so, the reason always boils down to, like, we're going to use the money for something Yeah, else. we got something else we, we want to do. We got money, and we got to put the money into something else. Right, Yeah. right. So that's not, doesn't taste right for 
you know, for like a customer or whatever. Yeah, I, I get so that, we got so. a year to go on this. I'm sure we'll be coming back to this. Yeah, but, um, yeah. At least it's not as, I read that and I was like, not again. And then I read it some more and I was like, okay, not as bad. So that was my, yeah, that was it, my right. gamut of emotions. Right, because unless you're this. buying like the fully remade Switch versions of Wii U games, those games are not there. That's what I'm saying. And th yeah. 3DS is, is, is even is worse. Dead. Is even worse. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, there's there's a decent selection of those. I always like to. I, I wish they had a better way to filter those on the store, on the Xbox Series. They kind of don't have that. It's a it's a bit hard to find. But I do I do occasionally buy those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This next story is, oh, yeah. uh, is another so interesting, interesting one. So they Xbox has introduced a new online harassment system oh, where boy. you where people can get strikes, which will eventually lead to them getting like. Banned. Banned, yeah. This this enforcement stacking user. They have journey. so again I had to click through to this their so to their um I think it's Xbox Wire where they share news. They have this amazing visual which is like right out of somebody's, somebody's PowerPoint. business PowerPoint deck. Yeah. Exactly. I, I feel bad for the regular person who's trying to make any sense at all of this. It makes absolutely no sense. As right? I certainly like, can. Kind of like smallest thing ever. Yeah. But I mean this has really been Something that in the Phil Spencer era, Xbox has been very focused on. Good. I think it's very good because it's so much better. Let's be honest; sure. things got out of control before then. Mm. In the in the three sixty three sixty era, I certainly had a lot of bad uh, encounters with people. I can only yeah. imagine what happened to you. I, I don't ever go on voice chat. That's my. But back then, that was the novel. I was like, oh, there were no other ways to do voice chat. I know. So you would like I didn't want like you would suck I did it up it a little like, bit and it was not a good idea. Yeah. It was yeah. really really bad. Mm -hmm. Like really traumatizing. So Yeah, no. creeps, weirdos, jerks, they're all there. So bad. So bad. Right. So it's kind of shocking that we have gotten to the, it's it's gone on this long without there being, you know, somebody really trying to step in and solve the problem. Yeah. You know, it I guess this chart's going to do it for us. Yeah, there is kind of a group, like a coalition of, you know, big platform holders of which Nintendo was a part where they would get together and talk about these things. But mm -hmm. this Xbox seems to be the platforms like we're actually doing something. Yeah, they're really taking some good action here. I think that's important. And it's good to, like, know that they have this very organized, like, very thought out thing for someone to get banned, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, when you think about it, like, no one takes you seriously un until you have, like, a process like this, you know? Yeah. And then there's, like, oh, yeah, you're not going to do anything to me. Like, I'm just going to continue being a creep and a, and a jerk. But having something that's very, like, front and center, I think, helps to just, like, that added adds to, like, people being on better behavior, I think. Yeah, and it's really in their interest to get this sorted out because... I mean, everybody wants to play online, but if it's like, well, I don't want to go to the hassle because I'm going to get screamed at or called a gross name or somebody's going to send me a dirty message afterwards, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. That's that's bad for, for Xbox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think there's big chunks of the community that just don't think, I'm, I'm just not going to deal. I'm not going to deal with it. I was it. so scared when I played Halo recently. Not recently, oh. but remember that? Were we doing were we doing just public voice chat we, in that? We weren't. We, we did not. But like, even without it, people were doing like, Weird things. Weirdos, knock it off. Stop it. It doesn't make there. it fun for people. I did Please. see that. So it's not like, you know, three strikes, strikes are out. Yeah, there's I like a stacking. Thing, I think it's eight strikes is mm -hmm. what will eventually get you in deep doo doo. But yeah, two of eight strikes. There are different things that will get you more than one strike in right, one go. Right, right. So, User reported for a message will get you four out of eight strikes. Wow. Yeah. 
moderator reviews and categorizes as hate speech. Okay, you four, yeah. and if half is, your strikes. This is one of those things where it's like, if you're worried about this, you should maybe look in the mirror and be like, well, what am I doing that's making me worried about this? Don't because, do that, you guys. This is not an issue nice. if you're just, you know, going on to play a game uh, without, again, being a creep, weirdo, or a jerk. <laughs> Don't be either of those things. Don't be that, those things. Lastly, oh. back to Mario. I don't know if it's happened at the time of this recording or, happened, or at the I time think. that this podcast comes out. The Barbie movie will have surpassed the Mario movie in terms of global box office. The Mario movie kind of ended up at about uh, 1.35 billy. Worldwide. Worldwide. And Barbie's about to sail right by that. Barbie. The power of Barbie. More powerful than Mario, apparently. Well, here's why. Live action versus animation, I think. You think that's the reason? I think so. Okay. People, people do not take animated movies as seriously. They, that's just a stigma, which is unfortunate because I think yeah. animated movies should be taken very seriously. But it's always like that, you know, stigma that's like, oh, this is just like a throwaway film for kids or, or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's dumb stuff for kids. Dumb stuff for kids. Yeah. Hey, kids are people too, okay? Um... But Barbie, I think, yes, that you have, you know, a lot more cachet, I guess, with the live actors. And, like, the storyline is very much not for kids, um, even though it's a movie about Barbie. A Barbie. Yeah. I still haven't seen it, so I don't know. Right. No, the storyline is like a... It's, what it's, is it rated? Is it PG-13 oh, or PG? Oh, that's a good point. Let's I don't, look. actually don't know. I, I don't think it's G. It's got to be PG-13. What's that? MPAA? Is that what they call it? PG-13. I was going to wow. say PG-13. Yeah. Interesting. Why is Barbie rated PG-13? Brief, Brief language, language and, and suggestive references. Okay. Okay, right. yeah. Wow. I, I don't think there's a lot of... Yeah, there's really no cursing or anything in, in the Barbie movie. But the themes and the, the things that are talked about, the storyline, is like very... Not for kids. What I'm interested in, and again, I didn't see Barbie, is that movie felt like a real like countrywide phenomenon cultural phenomenon. in a way that mario didn't and exactly. yet and yet they made about the same amount of money mm -hmm. were equally successful i mean I, certainly in gaming circles it was huge yeah, and a big thing people were going again and again right but barbie was like oh no there, there go all the people dressed in pink going to see barbie hey, that was me <laughs> <laughs> that got people talking outside I've of never, normal circles i have never seen a movie phenomenon i did not live to see like the star wars movie phenomenon like i was from from three years ago your favorite no, movie like, rise like, of skywalker skywalker no like what was the last movie that had this kind of phenomenon when you walked I, into I, a theater and everybody was dressed in pink? I went to the first, the, the Star Wars prequel. I went to that first one, like opening, like a midnight showing of that. that. That was a scene. But okay. yeah, this it, it's few and far between for this to happen. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm, you know what, another thing? I bet the Barbie movie was way more expensive to make than the Mario movie, don't you think? I don't know. Got I would think make, that. Making an animation? Yeah, you gotta pay all these people. Oh, Ryan no. Reynolds ain't cheap. Gosling. Gosling, whatever. <laughs> they look the same. Is Ryan Reynolds in that too? No. You get all the Ryans. One movie gets all the Chris's. We need the Chris's versus the Ryans. Oh, they can fight. They can fight it out. Yeah. Not in the face though. They need those. Or the bodies. Stay away from the face. Maybe just kick, kick each other in the feet. <laughs> insults. Hurl insults hurl at one another. Insult. Yes. The emotions, who cares? Take this. Oh, batter the emotions, yeah. save the bodies right. and the faces. There we go. Okay, yeah. great. Well, that was weird. Yeah. It is, I mean, these are two also like 
you know, again, quote, kitty licensed properties. Yeah. And again, it's true. people feel different ways of like, is this ruining Hollywood? Or, you you love it. I love it. Um, again, I feel I think as long as these are well done and honor the source material, I think it's great. Both movies did that. Clearly, I, both I of these believe are. that both movies truly honor the source material, right. and I think that's why they're successful. I saw um, this story and I was like, how much money did my beloved Ninja Turtles movie make? And I went to check. I'm wearing the shirt today. I went to check. It ain't that much. <laughs> I think it's fine for what it was, but yeah. it's, it's not getting into this territory. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. I wonder how much movie the, the animated Spider-Man movie made. Oh, I think that made a lot, too. More than Mario? No. I mean, we would be talking about it if it made more than Mario. Mm -hmm. Mario was the number one for of while. all movies for the year. Wow. So, wow, well, wow, Mario wow. probably be number two. What a, what a world we live in. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Time for questions from our Patreon community. We get all the questions from... This podcast in our bonus Q&A, which is a Patreon exclusive from our Patreon community. First question is from Raintech. Hi, Kit and Krista. Currently, you can see several AAA devs complaining that, quote, people should not expect Baldur's Gate 3 quality for future releases, and they call it, quote, an anomaly. See, for example, IGN's coverage. Did you watch this video? I did. I did, too. To me, as a regular consumer, this is raising all kinds of red flags about future releases if the developers flat out say, hey, don't expect us to deliver this level of quality. What is your opinion on developers getting mad for another developer raising the bar for quality? And do you see this being one of the reasons why some AAA devs will not put games on Nintendo hardware? Are they in general afraid of competition with Nintendo and other devs? Yeah, this is a really interesting question. I was surprised to see sort of this, I, I think the media kind of blew it out of proportion calling it like a developer panic, but there's definitely like a lot of um, conversation around expectations for these big games. Yeah, it seemed to be the same kind of small handful of tweets from developers that were getting pointed at of like, oh, they're panicking now. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like as widespread as maybe it was ma ma right. made out to right. be. Um, this also goes back to this conversation that we've been having week after week about these quote triple a games and like what that means from a development side because it just balloons so much in terms of what you need to do to make a game like this um and ensure that it is quote unquote perfect or whatever at release like it's almost like impossible to do that right so i can see that that is just a lot of pressure um when the scope of games get bigger and bigger people expect perfection to not decrease even though the scope gets so much bigger and just or you, you as a developer is expected to deliver this you know that's that's a tough road to walk um at nintendo though i think we were really spoiled because we had like never really had big problems with things not working you know the games were pretty perfect um so from that perspective it, it's a little bit like i don't think people are scared to put games on Nintendo hardware because of that reason. But I do think that developers understand that Nintendo has a high bar of expectation for your game to be near perfect, you know, when it launches on a Nintendo platform. So again, that just adds to the pressure for these poor devs that are trying to make these big games because that's what they think that everybody wants. But I don't know. Yeah, we would sometimes hear like, well, Nintendo players only want Nintendo games. It's like, well, they're pretty good games. So maybe that's... One that's of the, why. One of the yeah. big reasons. Um, I have two thoughts on this. It's good to always like 
call an outlier an outlier. Like clearly Baldur's Gate has done something really special. Right. That is, yes, it's going to be hard for other developers to replicate. Maybe don't try and replicate this like magic in a bottle. It's like the same thing. Yeah. With, it's like, like the animal crossing phenomenon. Tears of the kingdom or like, yeah. you know, every, you know, maybe once a year or every other, you get a game like this where it's like, whoa, oh, that came out this, of nowhere. Is, this is amazing. And right. this is a new, you know, watershed moment for the industry. And, um, yeah, I mean, just recognize that not every game is going to be that. Exactly. The other thing is, you know, no developer wants to put out a game that's subpar or rushed or has a million patches. And there, there are just business realities to making a game that yeah. often are out of the developer's hand. There's some some guy saying, hey, you got to get this game out by X. By this date. Or, or like... You know, our our research indicates that this game needs to indicate X feature, include right. X feature. Um, people are going to want that. Some you know, some of these studios are very driven by research like that, and and the dev team has to take the orders from the marketing team or or some other insight that they think they have. So that's a very complex situation, and 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 you know that that may be leading to why some of these developers feel uneasy, where it's like they're going to get the email from their boss saying. Make this. Yeah. Do it. Do it perfect. Do this. Yeah. Yes. By this date. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I think this is, you know, these yeah. are all leading to some of those problems we've been having with, you know, every game being a hundred hour RPG mm -hmm. that feels exactly. unsustainable. So there's a lot. There's a lot to this. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we, again, we, we, we are hoping for some rebalancing soon. Yeah. Bruce Stash is next. Oh, Bruce Stash. Hey, Kit and Krista, in preparation towards a potential, nothing announced, oh Nintendo Direct this fall. Here we go again, people. Pikmin Sneeze Cobb and I once again asked the community to submit one fun prediction or hope for what they would want to see from it. Some of these were carried over from the previous summer bingo card. We collected 24 member responses from the community in order to, do, in order to form another Kit and Krista community bingo board. What are your thoughts on our predictions? Which tiles do you think could be possible? This is what the Kit and Krista community are up to. They make beautiful bingo <laughs> graphics, and they're like up to their own devices, and I absolutely love it. There's a lot of stuff here, guys. Oh, oh. So why don't maybe pick three that you think are potential yeses? real things. You're not locking yourself into anything here, just at first glance. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Because I remember when I saw the bingo board for the last direct, I was like, no, there was no, a lot no, of real no, no, lofty no. aspirations. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, F Zero won't be shown. Well, there's one. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, won't. I, oh yeah, won't be shown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Metroid Prime Two HD Remix, or HD Remix, HD Remastered mm -hmm. from Paul Gale Network yeah. is a potential. We've been think, hearing about that. Tears of the Kingdom DLC, yes. Hi X. Um, yeah, F zero won't be shown. That's I think that's very likely. Yeah, I think a lot of these are pretty reasonable. I think that there's actually more, more of these yeah. than you might think. Uh, yeah, think could, could, could I, I will continue to put good thoughts out there along with totally Joe Ed, uh, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess Switchport. Oh, just any day. You're going now. down with that ship. I'm going down with the ship. <laughs> I am going down with. The, they have the game. Put it out! Um, what else? But then some of, the, some of these are extremely specific. SD Gundam Gashapon Wars Remake. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> but then if that's what you want, that's what you think is going to happen. Bruce Stash wants down that there. Rhythm Heaven title so bad. So bad. He's been every, every direct. Yeah, every now, direct. now I'm looking at one of the ones that are more unlikely that I yeah. think. Uh, bah, bah, bah. 
Yeah, I think I think these are all pretty. They're okay. They're, they're mostly pretty... pretty good. So we might get a bingo. Oh yeah. Whenever the next this one. This one, the in-depth trailer of Splatoon Three side order. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Oh, the voice acting one. I'd like to know. I'd like to know more about this. Like, what do you what do you mean by fully voice acted? Because Metroid, because we had Samus the voice actor do do a I mean, thing or two. I mean, would you say Metroid Dread was fully voice acted? It had, it had some. It had voice some voice acting. acting. There's not a lot of talking in Metroid. She made it primal scream. She spoke in another language. Tell us more. Okay. Zero has the next question. Hello, Kit and Krista. Back when you were both working at Nintendo, did the staff know about the Nintendoomed business that some people like to spout when Nintendo does badly? If so, how did they feel about it? And for that matter, how did you both feel about it? I always found it silly, but I'm wondering as of late, did Nintendo know about this phrase and also found it ridiculous too? Zero, not only did we know about it, that was coined from within Nintendo. It did. Right. Yeah, it was coined from inside the walls of <laughs> Nintendo. Maybe you, maybe you. Where do you think it. it came from? We planted that. Yes. I'm just kidding, we didn't. So there, uh, again, we speak about him often, uh, Mr. Don James, longtime executive at Nintendo. That was kind of his go-to <laughs> phrase whenever something was not looking great. Like, well, He's well, been with the company for like... 40 years. Well, we're doomed. So he lived through so many yeah. Nintendo doomed moments right. that he just would spout it at every opportunity. <laughs> and I think he did it with a wink and a nod because he's seen it all. That's the, that's what I'm saying. But it was yeah. a good um, coping mechanism for it him. It was. It was a good coping mechanism for him and all of us. We obviously lived through an era of Nintendo doomed during the Wii U times and some other times. But yeah, it, it sort of became like a two-prong thing where people would be in the Nintendoomed mindset and we would be like depressed and like a little bit scared. But then we'd get like some update from like the business people that are like, don't worry, there's a lot of money in the bank. We got a lot of cash, don't worry. We got a lot of cash flow. And then we'd be like, okay, we've got, we got, we got room to like, we have runway, we, we're yeah. okay, we're gonna yeah. be okay. Yeah. We're gonna be okay. I think we found Nintendo to be very crafty in hard times and uh, resourceful, so I I never got that worried. Yeah. I mean, but there are a lot of people out there who really believe it. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe maybe they're new to this. That's, exactly. That's sort of my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. First we never, time we here. We never had like big layoffs though at Nintendo or things. Or like any that. layoffs. Really. Well, at the very end. Um, but yes. We never had like anything like like the tech layoffs, like oh, thirty thousand people. Right. There wasn't even thirty thousand people that worked there, but it was like right. you know, like the entire yeah, thing happen. was just like cut. Didn't happen. Yeah. Damon Smith's next. Kit and Krista to fully appreciate Super Mario Wonder. Do you think it would be best to play the new Super Mario Brothers games? I totally skipped the new series, but I feel like I should go back and play them to really appreciate Wonder. I want to feel how low the series had gotten to feel what I hope will be a great high with Wonder. I just played New Super Mario Brothers 2 and will play New Super Mario Brothers. If the U Deluxe game goes on sale before Wonder comes out, I'll pick it up. I have no way to play the Wii game. Thanks. Oh, the Wii game's the best one. Oh. I mean, I don't want to, like, overstate, like, these games are not bad. Right. By any means. They're just not as... Imaginative. Right. As, creative. Yeah, as, as full of creativity and fresh ideas as some of the other games, especially as you know, consider this was what we were doing for 10 years. So that was my point, is that if you play these games, sort of like dabble them like a little bit at a time, I don't think you get the full effect. Because what was 
the actual problem was that it was like year after year after year after year of the exact same thing. Yeah. And you saw that towards the end of that cycle, they were like really running out of ideas and they started to get real gimmicky, which is what we're talking about. So as you're playing them now, I think you might have a good experience because they're, they're good games and you're just kind of like picking and choosing, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't think you not playing them will have an effect on your enjoyment of Mario Wonder. I think that game is going to be amazing and all of us are going to absolutely love it. So yeah, play these games, enjoy these games. They're good games. Um, but I don't think that you'll have like a lesser, you know, less fun with Mario yeah. Wonder. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Them. I don't yeah. think anybody needs to play any of these games before. Right. I think if you want to get a, set, a feel for the contrast, maybe pick one right. and play them. Because, again, I think if you play one, you've kind of got a, a feel that's a thing. for the yeah. others. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like that's what you're already doing. So, but, but I would say maybe don't play so many Mario games that you're like, well, I'm tired of these now. Yeah, no. And then when Wonder comes out, you got like, nothing eh. left. So, yeah, yeah no, no one to stop. Don't get, it, don't, don't get like Mario like, um, fatigue. Fatigue, yeah. exactly. Ninja 11 is next. Hi, Kit and Krista. You often mention having to fight for your marketing ideas to happen, such as for your Sights and Sounds series and for the continuation of the Nintendo Power podcast and Nintendo Minute. What is meant by the word fight? Is it as simple as an executive sends you a letter telling you to stop doing Nintendo Minute and you, you saying no thanks? Cool. <laughs> no, sir, I will not. Or is it a drawn-out email chain having to hold your ground against a higher-up? How do you go about recruiting someone like Reggie to your cause? How do you know when to take the L and give up the fight? Oh, wow. Well, we actually just punch people right in the face. <laughs> it's literally a it's fight. literally a Meet fight. Meet me on the rooftop. Exactly. I'll see you last, in the back last alley. One, last one last standing, one standing wins. wins. Yeah. Like, we want to talk about Fight Club, but it's Fight Club. No, no. It, it is sort of what you say in the second part of your question. It's a very drawn out. It, it can be just a drawn out discussion. And a lot of times, you the, the, the way that they sort of wear you down is every time you ask for approval on something, they pepper you with like a thousand questions. And you just get so exhausted from answering the questions that eventually you just give up, which is what happened most of the time. But yeah, it is exactly like that. You basically have either a, a long discussion via email or there's multiple, multiple, multiple late night meetings. Um, you, you're asked to create just five million like presentations to prove why the thing that you're trying to fight for is valuable to the company. You are just like buried in like trying to get data and trying to like, you know, find ways to like make your, your argument compelling. And yeah, and if it's something that Reggie believes in and you've already had like a separate, you know, 5,000 discussions with Reggie or anybody else on the NOA side to help you, that's another like air level of coordination. And then you have to go back in to, you know, to basically like prove your point and it can get very exhausting. Yeah. The part that wasn't great was a lot of times those were like bad faith conversations where you could have the greatest deck outlining why this is a great thing. And the response would be, yeah, but still, we don't like it. We, don't, we just don't like it. And so it was like, well, this is impossible for me to win. Right, um, right. I liked, when Reggie would do this, he always had a good reason. And it was like, I want to see how committed and passionate you are about this idea because sometimes it might have been a, you know a big investment or a big step for the company i was like i want to make sure that you're committed to this and it's not just some passing dalliance Fancy. yeah so his was not about like i'm just gonna you know 
bug you about this? No, not at all. And like Ever. bicker with you. Yeah. It, was, it was like, no, r really show me all the angles that you are looking at. And he would story. ask you like smart questions right. that would make you think through your idea even deeper. Right. And like make you like consider things that you might not have considered um, before. And I, that was like actually really helpful. And what you should be doing as like the leader of your company, you know? Um, versus it being, yeah, like you said, sort of bad faith where you're like, I'm, I know I'm going in to lose. Right. Takeaway is always a CC kit. Um, CC Reggie <laughs> actually. Reggie was there for my big screw up. He was there. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't mad. He was okay. Yeah. Something I was going to say about this and I just forgot. Oh, no. You're Darn it. You're tired. You're tired of the fight. Well, maybe I'll remember. Okay. Uh, Pikmin Sneezkov is next. Hi, Kit and Krista. I'd like to ask you, what is the most esoteric gaming feature you know of? Recently in our Kit and Krista Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Community Tourney. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Many of us discovered the shared stock feature for the first time. A feature that allows a fallen teammate to recover by taking one stock from their teammate. Absent any in-game mentions of this, the feature remains esoteric. I'm curious to hear your examples and how you discovered them. Thanks. Honestly, any Sakurai game is going to have a lot of I stuff like this. Of stuff. Well, he packs it with weird really, little things. He just things that he likes, the convenience yeah, things that he yeah. likes. I have a good one for oh. this. The um, match the version oh, feature yes. on your Nintendo Switch. And I had a, an embarrassing moment, actually, that led to the discovery of this feature, which is um, we were at the airport um, on our way to Japan, and we were filming this vlog of us going to Japan. And I think it was that time we went for Nintendo Live, maybe. But um, we ran into the Mario Kart devs that were already in- They were flying back from GDC. They were at GDC, they were flying right. back to Japan. We were at the airport together. So we're like, oh, great. Why don't we sit down and play a quick game of Mario Kart together? And pulled out our games and everything. And uh-oh, my game was not the most recent update which means I haven't been playing it for a while. Sorry. <laughs> it was like in between patches. Anyways, um, so... I'm duping here. <laughs> I'm busy duping. Um, so Mr. Yabuki very deftly took my Switch and was like, took his Switch. Because we're in the airport. We have no Wi-Fi. There's no Wi-Fi, yeah. yeah. We took his Switch, took my Switch, and then we he, he got to the menu screen where it says, you know, match, uh, multiplayer mode, match um, your, your player's all players versions and the game downloaded the patch like yeah, just like locally his, spit out from the update update i was like oh. we didn't know about this feature before then and then we played amazing. mario kart i was like you are god amazing amazing <laughs> that amazing. man is amazing by the way so yes that's my favorite thing and you can use that now yeah if you ever are playing trying to play multiplayer with somebody and you don't have wi-fi and you don't have the same versions use this as the menu yeah, another one that comes to mind for me is, uh, and we did a whole video on this, the LAN feature in Mario Kart that, 8 Deluxe. A lot of Mario Kart things. Why, why, yeah. why is this in this game? How many people are actually using this? Right. I, don't, I don't know. But it's cool that you can. I think, I mean, this question made me think of a lot of games that require a very specific piece of hardware that most people are not going to have. And I, I think of those dev teams and, like, what were they thinking? Like, yeah. Um, uh, Steel Battalion is the most famous <laughs> version of that, an Xbox game that came with a, a giant mech controller. Oh, yeah. Strictly for this one game. Right. That has right. now become sort of a cult classic. But, like, so I had, I had games on, the, like, Resident Evil Outbreak on the PS2. You had to have the hard drive and you had to have the network adapter. 
How many people actually a had that? Or any adapter. of the games on the GameCube that required the network adapter? No, we used to have a network adapter. Did you ever see a network adapter in a store? No. I never did either. It was like pre-Amazon, too. You had to like find it. Yeah, you it. had to like go through a store and actually yeah, find it. Yeah, find like, it. Yeah. People don't even know it's that really exists. Tough. So yeah. there's a lot of examples of that where like there's cool game experiences that are limited by some Strange esoteric feature. hardware that nobody has. Yeah. I remembered what I was going to say on the previous question. You did? Uh, I want to continue to flatter Reggie. So oh, the, the thing he does, the thing that he would do was he is really guiding you toward your own conclusion of, yes, I'm committed to this idea and I'm going to do it. Or you have helped me realize a new angle of this that I didn't fully understand. Right. And I'm going to be the one to say, we shouldn't do this. It was never him saying, yes, I approve it, move forward. Or no, I don't approve it. You can't do it. Right. Because guess what? We were the head of these departments at Nintendo. We should have the autonomy to say, this is a good thing within my area of responsibility that I think we should do. Yeah. And to be able to move forward with that and not have somebody out of the blue who has no idea right. what this area is or what's involved in that be like, I don't like the sound of that on paper. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 had, faith. he had faith in the people who were supposed to, to literally do their jobs. Well, to you head hire these, these people to do that particular job because they right. have expertise in that area. You didn't have that. Reggie doesn't have expertise in every single area. He's dependent on you to give him, you know, your your perspective right. on the things that you want to do. Now he's gonna be, he is like extremely intelligent and smart and knows the business backwards and forwards. So he's gonna ask you the right questions yeah. to make sure you're thinking about it in the right way. But he would never tell you like. Oh, Krista, I know how to do influencer stuff better than yeah, you. Here's what so I would do. Don't do that. You should do this. And, and I don't approve of your idea. Get some pictures of hot chicks. Someone told me <laughs> That's that. That's what we need. <laughs> he never told me that. Just saying, no. Reggie. Never, hot girls with a switch. Never said. Watch those units <laughs> sail off the shelves. <laughs> Step one, get a hot girl. Step two, get a switch. Step three, massive sales. <laughs> Marketing genius. Uh, last question is from Seafoam Gaming. Oh. Hello, Kit and Krista. More of a question for Kit. Oh. But while I was going through stuff to sell for my move, I noticed my copy of Splatterhouse <gasps> PS3 and decided to read the manual. Turns out you were given credit in special thanks. Looking it up, I found a Splatterhouse fan site known as The West Mansion, and one of the posts mentions you as a big help for that title. Seeing how it was a Namco game with a very rocky road to release, I'm curious if you have any memories of working on that title, interactions with the fan communities, and anything similar to that experience cropped up at Nintendo. Keep up the good work. Wow, look at you. So famous. Wow. So I left Namco kind of right as this game was getting close to coming out. So I didn't get to see it all the way to fruition. But this at this time, Namco did have this big ambition of ramping up development outside of Japan. So there was a big game that they were actually developing in the same building that I was in, where they built a team for it. That was called Afro Samurai based on the anime. Mm. Uh, that game ended up not being great. Okay. Um, but there were other games also. So there was a Dead to Rights game that was being made that, now that game also, none of these games were that great in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably doing less of this development as a result. Oh no. Um, but Splatterhouse was another one and Splatterhouse is a really great um, IP to just pick up. Um, it's sort of like an action horror game. And it just so happened, so I was working on the game, but the producers on the game were sitting like across, like I, I had a cube and they had a cube like across from me. So I would just kind of hang out with those guys. Buddies. And they, I think that that team was a little, green so they were just looking for guidance with everything 
So like they were, they would sort of come to me very open, be like, you know, when should we announce the game? What should we do? You know, what should we do here? Here, obviously, I'm not, I'm not answering any questions about game development. I don't know, but I think they were, you know, justifiably thinking about the marketing side of things and wanted, you know, somebody to talk to. So I was glad to, to do that for them. This game had a very troubled development, though, where they started with one developer, which was called Bottle Rocket, who worked on these games for the PS2 called The Mark of Cree, which were good games. But they just could not get the game right in this case. And I don't know exactly why, but there was a very messy breakup where they had to move. So they had to finish the game with the internal Afro Samurai team. And that all happened after I had left, but it it was Drama. very, very dramatic, very bad. Um, glad I wasn't there for that. Yes. But uh, the game came out. Um, it's not perfect. I think it's an interesting game. I think there's a lot of really interesting visuals in that game. Like some of the art team that worked on that are really, really talented. And, and we had, so we had a lot of good stuff to work with. When mm-hmm. we were pitching to media, like, look right. at this. Yeah. Like this really like grisly, gruesome, nasty, horror like themed artwork was yeah. super good to yeah. work with. So I say I have a lot of affinity working on that. Um, good memories working on that, even though it was... Uh, in the end, it's not that great. Did we go to famously a yes. metal? We went to that was that was when the game was coming out at PAX. They had like a, like a hardcore metal concert. It was fun at one of the venues in Seattle, and yeah. I got I was reunited with those guys. It was fun. That it was, was a fun and it was night. fun. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. this. Yeah, I remember. I was. You're like, do you want to go to a metal concert for Splatterhouse? <laughs> and I was like, what the what now? But okay, <laughs> but I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. In the credits, wow. All right. That is it for the questions this week. It's time to shout out some great Patreon folks. Yes. Our superstars. Let's go. All right. Aaron Hash. Ben Eichhorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Mr. Rogers. Roy Eschke. Switching it up underscore. Zephazon. The Shark Among Men. VGM Life. Link, the hero of winds. Angela Bycroft. Molly. Underpig Molly. Turbocharge nerd. <laughs> Thomas O'Rourke. Kyle LaBeouf. Christopher Lara. Simon. Frederick Wolf Conradson. Andrew Uhaz. And Chili. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe I almost forgot Molly. What, 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 uh, beyond Molly. Maybe there are other. There's uh, more. There's animals, a cow. Cre- creatures. I believe there's a cow. Friends. A very cute cow. That we should mention as well. I don't so know. So we might need the full rundown. That might be a whole okay, other we'll section to... after this. We need to ask Angela then to provide. Molly's Menagerie. Oh, <laughs> she gets her own theme song? Yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, moving on to our beautiful One Up Club graduation service. Here we go. A Ron Burgundy. Adam and Ansley. Ali Alejandro. Alexander Pratt. Astro Dev. Bad Moon Horizon. Ben GB. Bookum Dano. Brad, SF56. Brooke Obscura. Brookie Kazooie. Bruce Stash. Shelly Squirrel. Christopher Lay. Captain Alex. Crim Cat. C. Roper 17. Daniel Cole. Dachshund. Dolce. Dino Punch. W. Peach. S. Farts 50. Fart Priest 69. Furbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Deploy. Fred Rossi. Garrett Holfish. Garth the Wolf. Gartooth. G Sun 101. Heroic. Ian Shea. Iris Marin. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Collette. Jordan Hemmerley. Joseph DeHaze. 
Joshua Clements, Juji Fruit, Just Camtro, Justin Leminger, Cairo Trigger, Kawa2796, Keith Kwan, Kelp Shake, Kevin Delane, Kilo Kibo, Krisu, Christopia Party With Me, Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie, Kyle Kretzer, Tyler Nelson, Linnell Stickman, Lennis Sullivan, Lit, Luminous, Mad Dog 5981, Magnificent Easy G and Callie Murray, Marky Man 64, Mecha Dragon 101, Megan, Michael Cravens, Mikey, Motomania, Mr. Andy Pond, Mr. Beans and Dip, MSN Pocket Gamer, My Tran, Nasir, Nathan Burkhart, Nick E, Ninja 11, Panda Buns, Pangy, Fossey <laughs> Face, Paul Gale Network, Prime Factor, Prince Charles, Raver, Rain Tech, Renee Rivers, Rath One, RJ Kern, Rob Osborne, Rocks, Rianetta, Sam Newland, Cypher A, Sharif Jackson, Shinryu, Slowbro, Silly Ferret, SG Star Sharky 777. Snozzle. Wow, I got both. to do both. <laughs> I'm sorry. Spicy I mean. Munchkin. <laughs> Steals the oh, drone. Man, Tales of Link. Kara Storm. Thomas Alvarez. Three Rivers. Topher Schmofer. Travis Torline. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tusku. Tyler Geis. Vesves. Video Game Stupid. Viridian. Virtual Bot. Weeb Kingdom. Wicked Davey. Will Johnson. Zutiverth. Zelgarov. Zapandi. And Zroid. Wow, oh, I got to do both. You got to go buy a lottery Snozzle ticket. Snozzle and Pangy? You got to buy a lottery what ticket. What a lucky day lucky. this is. You got lucky. Yes. Snozzle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you want us to read your name in a funny way, please join us on patreon.com slash kit and chrisette. If you're watching this on video, you can go ahead and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and leave us a comment. If you are listening on audio, you can also subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and also leave a written review. And the socials, we are still on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Threads. Nice. That's it. All right. We're going to go now. Bye! Bye. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.